Welcome to another episode of the Sea Change Sessions with the Little Gale. My name is Barbara Brennan and I'm the project team lead of Sea Change and today's guest host. This podcast is about all things mental health, how we can break the stigma and how we can open that conversation and get more people involved. The views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely that of the podcast contributor and not that of Shine or Sea Change. So today we're speaking with Kiva Lilith Ferreira Carroll, who is the National Community Development Officer with TENI, the Transgender Equality Network of Ireland. You are so welcome to join us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's, It's absolutely wonderful to have you having a conversation. So first of all, let's jump straight in. Can you tell us about your organization and why you feel mental health is important when talking about trans experiences? Mm. Uh, well, well Tenny is the Transgender Equality Network of Ireland, so I, I guess that's kind of self, self-explanatory. Um, we've been around since the, the mid-noughties, um, and uh, kind of our, our work kind of focuses on um, uh, kind of uh, the, um, we're a community-led or, organisation for the trans community, so um, we, we would uh, do work around kind of advocacy, um, and we have I guess my, myself, my, my role uh, is the National Community Development Officer. So what I would focus on is um, uh, mental health and resilience for the trans community and uh, particularly transgender adults. Um, so we do, uh, so I, I oversee or I support uh, various uh, adult trans peer support groups that meet, meet around the country uh, and they're all meeting on Zoom right now. And uh, so if you're, you're trans or questioning, I would like to kind of get in touch with community, just, just get in touch with myself uh, and also then I just I, I guess I try and do um, kind of workshops and uh, all sorts of things um, around kind of mental health and resilience um, and um, fun stuff as much as possible as well because there's more to mental health than just kind of talking to talking about um, you know the you know th- those sorts of things is about having community and, and, and having uh, things that you can do um, with your community and, and having a, a good quality of life as well. Absolutely. And so can you talk talk to me a little bit more about the work with Tenny and some of the kinds of things that 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 you would do or the kind of different ways that you support people? Yeah, I suppose like um, for for a lot of people, it it might be a case where they're trying to navigate the health system or um, meet other trans people or just get a sense of direction and they would just get in touch with Tenny and we would uh, kind of signpost the services and and, uh, those sorts of things. And we also, um, you know, we would work with kind of uh, families and young people as well, uh, young trans people. And we have a family support officer who would uh, who runs uh, transparency support groups, uh, which are slightly different um, because they're with trans people and the families. We have also a, a support line that's run uh, for families who, who need to get in touch. Um, and we have, uh, and uh, you know, and. and We'd also kind of go into schools. We would do trans one-on-one trainings for uh, employers and uh, help with policy and um, for for organisations that's trans inclusive. Um, and also, you know, we 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 are in in the fight uh, for um, uh, you know gender recognition for uh, non-binary people, intersex people, uh, people under sixteen, uh, and um, you know access to to to, to proper healthcare in the community as well. There's a, a lot of different directions to be to be thinking in, isn't it really? 
because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know when we when we were having a conversation before before we, we started recording and um, the last day we were speaking, we were talking about some of the different areas that show up as difficulties. So can you tell us a little bit what, about what exclusion looks like for trans people? Mm, um, well, I, I think for, like first it's to say that I think that, uh, you know, Ireland isn't necessarily the worst place in the world to be trans. Um, you know, there's there are massive issues, of course, um, but I think that um, for, uh, you know, for, um, you know, a lot of people that, you know, there, there's a, an understanding and, and um, acceptance of trans ident identities out there. Um, but at the same time, um, I suppose, um, you know, with, with the difficulty of, of being trans, is especially if maybe you're living in a rural set setting or, um, you know, may not have a supportive uh, family or maybe, you know, have to deal with uh, abuse uh, being kind of visible out there in the streets is that it can be quite isolating for people. Um, you know, a lot of people may, um, you know, a lot of people when they're in their early stages of transition can be, you know, pushing past the, those, the, the fear um, of kind of losing um, um, what they have in their lives. Um, and uh, yeah, there, in terms of the trans community in general, there will be higher instances of, of uh, poverty. I think around half the trans community will be uh, unemployed. Um, um, and, and so like a lot of the kind of the ills in society uh, tend to affect us more, you know, the housing crisis, um, you know, uh, and those sorts of things. Um, and, um, um, you know, I, I guess those are sort of kind of the, the the barriers that a lot of trans people kind of come up against and I suppose like as, as an you know as a result of that I think trans trans people um are often uh, have to deal with um mental uh, health issues as a result of you know that lack of acceptance or or they're just the difficulties of having to move through the world or uh, you know looking at toxic uh, kind of debate that happens around their lives online and 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 even the, the health system itself which can be um, very stigmatizing uh, in itself and so we would have higher, higher instances of you know depression and anxiety and um, um, you know and um, you know, uh, trauma as well as a result of things. There things, tends to be higher instances of um, um, a kind of a um, violence and abuse uh, in, in terms of uh, people as well. So um, trans people, I guess, have a, have a, a, a larger mountain to climb uh, compared to maybe our cisgender kind of counterparts uh, in many respects, especially um, if you are a working class trans person, if you're a, a black or um, indigenous or person of color, an immigrant, um, you know, if you have uh, disabilities um, and those sorts of things, it's just, it can uh, be an added uh, difficulty when the world doesn't see you as, as no, you there's... are, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And and um, I heard you talking about navigating the, the medical system. So I know when we spoke earlier that it was you were saying even from a practical point of view that some of those things can be really challenging as well. Yeah, and very much so. Um, like when it comes to um, uh, trans people under the age of 18, um, this year the, the, the health system has entirely collapsed. So there is no health care for, for trans people under 18. And so we have, uh, you know, we have a situation where uh, trans people, uh, young trans people have been on waiting lists for up to three years and they've had letters coming back uh, saying that they've now aged out and they're being put onto the adult list, which is another three years. 
you know, uh, and that's devastating because that that you know, there's there's when um, when you're young, I mean, that can mean that you have no hope. And unfortunately, we've had tragedies as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and then with 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 the long waiting lists uh, that are there, um, the, the health system, the way it's set up, is incredibly pathologizing. So, you know, trans people basically need permission from a psychiatrist in order to access healthcare whether you have any um, mental health conditions or not, that's incredibly stigmatizing. And then, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the line, lines of questioning that trans people are having to put up with when they have these assessments, you know, um, you know, it borders on voyeurism, you know, um, tra- uh, trans people have to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, their entire life history and uh, um, their, uh, asked to um to, to name and give the genitals of of the, their previous uh, sexual partners um they uh, they are you know they're, they're asked about their porn habits um you know when i went in for an assessment I, I was asked um you know what goes through your mind um when when you receive oral sex and that was considered a legitimate question to ask ask a you know a, a fully grown adult um, you know, who had tra- been transitioned for years. Um, so, uh, you know, they, these are the sorts of kind of um, institutional barriers that trans people are up against. Um, and, you know, you know, I, I, I personally kind of feel that there, you know, there's, there's no need for so, so for this so much. Um, you know, I, I would definitely be personally a, a proponent of, of informed consent. So, you know, access to healthcare through your GP in the community. Um, you know, with, with, you know, access to supports if you need it or if you want it in terms of uh, mental health. But, um, you know, unfortunately, it, it feels like it's a situation where you have to kind of prove to, uh, you know, um, a team of mental health uh, professionals that you're not insane. Uh, and any um, co-occurring conditions that you may have um, can be used in a, as a barrier against accessing, accessing HRT and home home replacement therapy. Um, and you know, they, there's also instances of, of people being asked to have family members present in, in assessments, or you know, if if um, if they don't, if, if people don't have explicit support from family members or, or partners, uh, or not shown to be earning them, uh, you know, enough, enough of an income or whatever, they can be denied healthcare, and it's just it's just um, it's it's a terrible situation, and, and you know, I feel that we are in an emergency uh, when it comes to accessing healthcare. Um, because you know, um, not every trans person, but many trans people, um, you know, what they are dealing with is, is gender dysphoria, which um, you know is is highly distressing and can really have a huge uh, take. Um, you know, there's a re- huge mental load with that, um, and you know, to to be in a situation where you are expected to be out uh, with no um, access to hormone replacement therapy which can really make it have a huge impact on on your quality of life um, is is a very difficult path that trans people have to take um, and um, it's um, you know it, 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 it actively harms trans people's mental health to be in that scenario there's so many different layers and I mean you've you've spoken about quite a few of them there and and just thinking about mental health in particular do you feel that there's a double stigma when identifying as trans and also experiencing a mental health issue um I believe so it's my belief that that is the case you know um I think that uh you know 
it, it does feel that when you, if you have other uh, uh, mental health issues, that uh, they're used as something to prevent you from uh, accessing healthcare, um, and very and, and very often the issues that you uh, are expressing in terms of your mental health are as a result of not having a healthcare. So it's a you know you're it's often that uh, trans people feel they're in a double bind, or they they can't be open about their mental health situation for fear of uh, being uh, denied healthcare. This, this, the system that as it, as it, um, as it currently uh, operates is, is just, I, I feel, is, is actively harmful um, for trans people. Um, and it, doesn't, it does require change. Um, with, uh, Tenny um, was uh, recently um, on, in Arachtis Committee for LGBT Mental Health. And, you know, we had to, uh, we, we, um, my colleague Vanessa and the CEO of um, uh, Tenny, uh, Aaron, were there um, and, you know, much of what I, I I've been saying today is what, what we've been saying on on the on that committee, um, and there there's no trans uh, representation on the patient bodies, um, for uh, you know in the national gender service, um, it's it's currently being controlled um, by um, psychiatrists and you know that's just it just should not be the case you know our, our, our model of care needs to be based on uh, forms of international best practice and uh, not something that's isn't scrutinized in terms of um scientific uh, rigor um, and you know as i say it's my belief that um you know trans people are not in, in their nature people um, uh, you know trans identities are being a, a woman, a, a trans woman, is not, um, is not a mental health, um, a, you know, condition in its in and of itself. Uh, it's just who I am, and you know, so we should be believed and affirmed in in who we are, and um, because you know, we're the people that have survived, we're the people that have chosen to live, and uh, you know, we know one thing about trans people is that we know who we are. And that can be so challenging in a society that doesn't understand, isn't it? And the society, the way that we we other people, you know, we, we make it an us and them. And it's one of the things we see a lot in our work with Sea Change around mental health that, you know, if you identify with a mental health problem, that you're made other than the normal society. So it's about all these layers that we put on each other, isn't it? Um, you spoke really, really uh, clearly around some of the changes. So So thinking about what could be different? What kind of changes would you like to see for the trans community? If you could elaborate a little bit more on the kind of things that would help. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, the, over the last kind of few years, I mean, visibility for the trans community has, has grown, um, you, know, uh, you know, exponentially. And um, although some people might say that, they, you know, has re resulted in this sort of explosion or whatever of, of, of trans people, um, you know the, the the issue is that visibility the, the visibility that we were seeing is is um, without agency and so there's a lot of people that are talking about us but you know I'm you know <clears throat> I'm, I'm very much of the <clears throat> opinion that nothing about us without us um and you know discussions that happen in in, in media um and you know you know, happening happening over our heads and are damaging um, the community, um, and I think that that needs that, that that seriously needs to be addressed. I think that you know there's certain voices that are that are um, bad faith actors, 
um, that, um, you know, are transphobic, um, that are using sort of, um, you know, language that if you weren't aware of it might seem acceptable in some uh, circumstances, but, it, you know, you know, there's actually an insidious undertone to much of what's, what discussions that are had, you know, discussions around access to, to, to toilets or, um, um, you know, this, this whole notion of, um, you know, um, you know, uh, single sex uh, spaces and, and that sort of a thing, uh, you know, might on the surface seem like something that's reasonable, um, but are things that are just being made up by um, transphobic people on Twitter five years ago. So, you know, um, we just need to be kind of cognizant and, and mindful of that. Um, and yeah, I think I think trans people need to have um, a say in in how we're treated in terms of healthcare. I think um, GPs should be um, should be um, you know given the tools uh, to be able to treat trans people in the community without the need for um, psychiatric and psychological evaluations and uh, and, and uh, you know endocrinology. Uh, you know, one or two endocrinologists in, in the country, um, you know, um, deciding kind of trans people's fate, um, you know, uh, HRT, uh, hormone replacement therapy, um, has a success rate of 99.6%. And you know, that's more, it's more, it's more effective than, you know, you know, paracetamol, you know, um, and, and even those people that that do, um, you know, maybe detransition, um, who do need support. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't. The majority of those are often trans people who just haven't be, been able to handle the the societal pressures of of being uh, out as trans people. So you know, if something like that has such an extraordinary success rate, you know, and it's been around for you know a hundred years, um, you know, we need to stop seeing it as something that's highly specialized. You know, and something that you know should be fostered in the community, um, and and trans people kind of being given the sort of supports that they want and they need, um, rather than being kind of you know pushed through this this model that doesn't really exist anywhere else in the world. It doesn't follow you know international WPATH you know standards. It, it's not informed consent. Um, you know, there, there's no um, um, you know proper. Um, you know, a discussion with trans people is what what they feel what they need, and uh, it's, it's you know, we just need to enter uh, end this um, you know pathologizing and paternalistic model of care that we have. And I think what you're saying there really is about being inclusive, isn't it? It's about having conversations and about people realizing that we're we're all people, and it's an experience that we should all be doing things more together. And yeah, I think, and, I think that's you know, so powerful. Um, you know tra trans people that are that are over uh, 16 uh, you know they 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 have you know a, a developed mind they're especially if you're over 18 you're you're an adult and you know we have a right to bodily autonomy you know and i think one of the things that that i really um i really heard when you, you said it earlier on about knowing who you are and that you know being trans isn't it isn't a mental health condition and I think that's one of the things that I'm really delighted to be able to talk to you about this today, because I think for people who don't understand and they don't know enough, 
it's great to be able to ask those kind of questions and find out a little bit more. And like that, you, you um, mentioned that people will be able to get more information. So can you give your give your website and any um, kind of places that people would be able to get more information if they want to find out or like you said, if they're if they're considering so the trans and non-binary or questioning identity? Can you give us some some examples of where they might go or the kind of the kind of things that they might be able to get support with? Yeah, um, well, well, tenny.ie is, is, our, is our website. We're also on the old social media, just and like that's T you know, E-N-I, for anybody listening, it's T-E-N-I.ie. Yeah. Uh, get in touch and, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll do, uh, do our best to help. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we can, uh, as I say, we can provide information or uh, about kind of navigating the, the health system because it's incredibly, it is incredibly co- complicated. Um, it shouldn't be, but it is. And so, kind of help help there. Um, uh, um, you know, general advice on identities. You know, if you're um, if you um, if your family member has uh, is trans or questioning or non-binary, you know, you can get in touch because there's supports for families of uh, and partners of trans people as well. Um, and you know, maybe you're a, a part of a, a, you're in an organization or a community group, and you want to make sure that your your the places that you have and the spaces that you have are trans inclusive and welcoming. You know, we can also help with that as well. You know, even things like you know, if you have a form or a survey you want to fill in, and you want to make sure that you know you're um, that, that you're doing doing things right, and we're not not excluding people. You know, just pop us a little email, and we'll try our best to help. You know. Um, I think that's that's so helpful. And again, it's about having the conversation, isn't it? And I think that's one of the things certainly that I see as a common theme that's kind of happening at the moment, that when we're looking at exclusion of different groups, that, that the exclusion is the same regardless of what it's for. And the way to fix it quite often is to have a conversation and to ask. And I think that's one of the things that maybe we need to get better at as a country to to not be afraid to ask those questions and to say well actually I don't know about this and I do need a little bit of help and and what can you tell me about that and it's one of the things why I really think we have two ears and one mouth that we you know we have the capacity to listen so much and we should ask more so thinking of that um you know you've spoken so much about the different barriers and the different thing, the challenges, I suppose, and just thinking about what we do at Sea Change and, and how we have conversations about mental health. Is there anything that you can share with us about things that have helped you from a point of view of that, that piece of mind and your mental health going through all of these kind of challenges for anybody listening? You know, obviously we've we've suggested about reaching out to yourselves at any, you know, there's that level of support, but then you've got the personal piece of the things that you can do as well. Is there anything that you'd like to share in that area? Yeah, well, I suppose like I, I can kind of come from my experience, you know, I definitely have had huge challenges in terms of my mental health, um, uh, which, uh, you know, with regards to kind of transitioning, because it, it, it can be very uh, incredibly hard at times, you know, and uh, like when I uh, initially, um, uh, came out um you know um, my relationship ended and uh, I lost my home uh, I uh, was unemployed at the time uh, and um you know I was trying to access healthcare which was uh, incredibly difficult um and it, it it can be highly stressful and you're trying to move th- through the world in a different way and you want people to see you as as you are and when you're dealing with things like misgendering or, or that sort of thing you know especially in those uh, early days you know your skin isn't quite as as thick as as it, as it might be in time um i noticed after 
you know, I, I initially went on, on the waiting list uh, to, to go to uh, the, it was, it was um, St. Colm Gills Hospital in Lachlan's town. And at the time, the waiting list was nine months. But over that, the course of that time, uh, the list had ballooned to um, 18 months. And when I reached that nine, 10 months, I had just enough kind of capacity to kind of hold myself together. To and then that was just too much for me. I had a mental breakdown. Um, and it was the first time I had to go on antidepressants myself. Um, um, and, you know, I've also had a, a experience of, um, you know, sexual assault as well over that time and, and burnout as well, you know, trying to, you know, you know, working in activism and, and community activism. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like I've kind of been through the mill, but, you know, at the same time, I, I have kind of built up that resilience. And the ways that I have been able to do that, um, you know, is it, manifold. Um, therapy, a lot of talking therapy has been really good for me. Um, I did a bit of CBT, which was, you know, was okay for a time, but it's not really for me. Mindfulness has not really been great for me because it can often be a kind of focus on the body, which can be difficult if you, if you have a lot of dysphoria. And if, um, anybody, if anybody doesn't know what CBT is, it's cognitive behavioral therapy, just to, just to throw that in there as well. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I found that very useful kind of in the, in the early stages. Um, um, but kind of moving beyond that, you know, the, the, you know, I guess like, uh, you know, I knew and I could acknowledge that the this this systemic issues that I was dealing with. Um, and um, so, you know, talking therapy was really useful for me. And it's something that I continue to do. I, I go see my therapist every every fortnight. Um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of, it, it's, it just keeps me in, in, in good mental shape. And there's no, no shame in that at all. And I know that I'm very lucky and very privileged that I'm able to do that. And um, because it's, it can be very difficult to access it on the public system. Um, I guess, um, but you know, aside from, uh, from therapy, it's 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 community has just been such uh, a resource uh, for me. If it's been online community, it's, if it's been um, you know um, peer support groups when needed, it, it's been you know for me, it's been um, you know my trans family. I don't really have uh, contact with my biological family anymore, but I you know I have my you know, um, I have my trans family that are important to me. Um, I, you know, and the, you know, the, the feminist community, uh, uh, you know, Irish um, people within the feminist community have been um, an amazing support and, and really got, got me um, through a, a huge amount, uh, which I'm eternally grateful for. But um, yeah, I guess the magic for me has been community care you know being with your community people that get you to understand you that you don't have to explain yourself to and um, sharing experience being able to you know see the world from a common perspective and um, you know all those things just kind of build up a sense of uh, identity and pride in who you are um, and uh, you know th those are the things that have kind of uh, kept me, it kept, you know, kept me going, you know, and, and got me through a lot of kind of dark times over the last number of years. That's amazing. And I think, again, it goes back to those conversations, isn't it? It's about, you know, being heard and feeling safe in the space that you're in. And I think that's it's so important. It also it also is really important when people are struggling to realize to not isolate ourselves because it's it's kind of a go to thing, isn't it? When you're not feeling great that you don't want to get involved but having that community. Oh yeah, I mean, I, like, I'm not saying that I haven't done that either. You know, there's times when you just get a little bit burned out and you just need to kind of 
you know, sit in your room for a while. There's times when the executive dysfunction can can be quite overpowering. Um, and, you know, when I'm in those sorts of um, um, kind of situations, one, I just need to make sure that I'm going easy on myself, you know, give myself a little mental pat on the back for getting out of bed or, or you know, making that cup of tea or, you know, if I need to order that takeaway, I'll just order that bleeding takeaway and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Um, and then just, you know, um, you know, asking for help from people as well, if, if needs be, you know, um, but uh, yeah, those, those sorts of things have also been, you know, a factor. Um, and, you know, I also, I suppose, I, you know, over, over the last while, I've, I also kind of re realized that, uh, you know, I, I had ADHD and I, I went and I got the diagnosis. Again, I had to do it privately and it was very quite, quite expensive, but I was lucky and I, I, I got it. And that has helped in, in, in many ways as well. And a lot of what I thought <clears throat> might have been uh, depression or uh, those sorts of things were actually symptoms of, um, you know, um, you know, issues with my brain not processing dopamine properly. <laughs> And I think it's it's so important when we're when we're talking about mental health to realize that there's so many different aspects and elements to it and that sometimes it actually isn't a mental health problem as you say that maybe there is something going something else going on and that we need to look at those I know certainly for me um, when I was diagnosed diagnosed with depression when I was younger we never looked at my thyroid you know and it was one of the things years and years later we found out that I had a massive problem and it probably caused the depression in the first place so looking at the different elements and those kind of things is so so very important so I'm just I'm so grateful for your time and it's been wonderful hearing about the work you do and about your own journey and how you've navigated it and those those tips that you've given I think are, are really helpful and hopefully people listening will get lots of different things out of this so just to remind them that they can go to tenny.ie that's t-e-n i.ie and that's anyone trans non-binary or questioning identity can reach out to you so we're going to have the links in the descriptor below um, and i know that you've offered to put your email address in there as well so we'll have that um, and just lastly we really like to end on a message of hope so what would your message of hope be that you'd like to share with everybody today oh uh, i don't know and I'm, I'm trying to think from my just from my personal perspective but I guess it is pride month right now and I, I was having a, a discussion there last night uh, with some members of the community and you know one of the things that I was saying is that you know um, my pride marches every time I walk out that front door and I keep my head up high and I and um, you know I, 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 I always kind of you know make sure that I am um, you know, I, I believe in myself and my own resilience and my ability to, uh, to, to move forward in the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what I've, uh, you know, what I've done and what I've achieved in my life uh, over the last kind of five years as um, being a, a, an out and proud trans woman. And um, just another little kind of thing as well is that um, I, I've been working with a, a, an art collective of, um, with, um, called the, the Sterlings. And uh, we also have been and doing a, a wee podcast so I hope you don't mind it I plug it uh, called Absolutely. Uh, it's called Converse Trans so C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-Y Trans all one word and we'll it's link that below as well yeah, yeah uh, network and um, basically what it is is it's it's it's, it's two young uh, trans uh, women uh, in their kind of mid 20s um, who have you know a, a conversation with an under trans or non-binary or intersex person and uh, you know if you are feeling isolated and you want to find community and you want to know who the people that are out there and 
people that have kind of come before you, you know, um, we've all these amazing conversations with, you know, elders and, and, and young people and, you know, people from all different walks of life and uh, people that, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, triumphed over so many things uh, and are making a real impact and difference in the world and um, for, for trans people. And it's, it's uh, I think it's a great way of just kind of finding that little bit of connection online even. Um, you know where you can just have your headphones in um, and I definitely encourage anyone cis or trans to, to check it out. Fantastic and again we will link it in the descriptor below. Lilith I can't thank you enough for joining us for your conversation today and I am delighted to have had this conversation and I really hope that for anybody listening that they do reach out to you. So thank you so much and we look forward to working with you again. Yeah, no, uh, thanks so much for having me. And, you know, I, I, I also just want to say, you know, it's, it's really important that we all, uh, you know, that we all support each other and, you know, beyond like trans, trans people, but, uh, you know, like the trans pe people are a very small community. Travelers are a very small community. You know, people that are have uh, certain mental health uh, uh, conditions can be quite small community and that we're all, and we're all marginalized in our own way. But when we work together and we work in partnership and we, we learn about each other and, and uh, you know, our, our individual needs and, and we speak as a, a voice together, you know, uh, we, can, we can make waves and we can have a huge impact and really make a difference um, so for everyone. You're so right. And I think that is that is the perfect message to end on. Thank you so much. For those listening, if you've been affected by anything brought up in today's podcast, we've listed the helplines in the podcast description for you. If you want to find out more about what we do at Sea Change, about how to get involved in reducing mental health stigma, or more about our wonderful ambassadors, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And of course, on our website, seachange.ie.